William is sassy, <laughs> but yet doesn't say anything, but is still sassy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Madeline Cheney, and you're listening to episode two of The Rare Life, the story of William. In our conversation, Alyssa shares all about her four-year-old son, William, who has a strong personality and is very loved by her family. He is also nonverbal, wheelchair-bound, and blind due to various birth defects. She shares William's birth story, which contains possible triggers, so please listen with caution. We also talk about how Alyssa and her marriage has evolved because of their beautiful son. Alyssa is amazing. I am so thrilled to release my conversation with Alyssa as my debut parent episode. I learned so much from our conversations, both in this episode and her special topic episode, which releases next week. She is such a rock. Alyssa and I met through a mutual friend. Shout out to Hannah Mars for connecting us. Alyssa is a registered nurse working with patients battling acute leukemia, an occupation inspired by her son, which we will talk more about in the episode. Alyssa is a lover of tacos and napping. Let's dive in. Alyssa, thank you for sharing your heart today. Yeah, no problem. So let's talk about William. How would you describe William? Who is he? William is sassy but yet doesn't say anything but is still sassy <laughs> and that. he is a character and he has so much personality oh. and he's cuddly and cute and lovey and just I don't know he's like the best kid ever mm. he's awesome we love him we love that what are his uh, medical struggles <laughs> oh this is such a big like so he was born with a birth defect in his with his brain and so it just with that just comes so many things with that and so he has seizures hydrocephalus um dysphagia can't swallow he has a feeding tube he has issues with like hormones because his pituitary gland d- developed abnormally. Mm. Um, he has balance issues because his cerebellum, which controls your balance and everything, um, developed abnormally. Mm. Developmental delays. Um, he has um, vision impairments. Um, just a whole slew of things. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big laundry list. Um, <laughs> so, like, how does that? translate over to like real life for you guys I know he's in a wheelchair yeah right Mm -hmm. okay so like things like that like what does life look like for him and for you guys with all of those medical diagnoses life is like just it's for us it's normal Mm -hmm. and he's our firstborn so it was just kind of this is the way it is but when with somebody else who looks at our lives our lives are full of doctors doctor's appointments surgeries um lots of like like even with school it's just different it you know you don't it like the way he learns is different you're not sitting there and saying okay one two three or a b c or you know all those things it's more like 
how this feels or how that feels or touch this leaf or touch my hand. And, you know, the way he mm-hmm. learns is different. A lot, our lives are just very like, I don't know. It's very, you know, we have the wheelchair and we have the doctor's appointments and we have the IEPs. It, it, it's very busy and it's very different. Like, I don't know how to explain yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. And he has a feeding tube. Is that a yes. G-tube? Yeah, it's a G-tube. Okay. He had an NG tube for a long time and then we oh, got the, the G-tube. worst. <laughs> Kimball had an MG, an OG. Do you know what an OG is? Like, no one yeah. knows that is because it's so rare, but yeah. Um, you mentioned that becoming a nurse was inspired by your son. So that must've happened after he was born that you went into nursing? Yes. I was going to school at BYU-Idaho and I was going to be a marriage and family therapist. Okay. So that was a big change. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was just in the hospital so much and I loved the nurses and I always told myself I was not smart enough to be a nurse. Mm. And so I never did those classes. I never did anatomy and physiology. I just didn't even touch it because I was like, there's no way I can do this. Right. And when Will was born, I had to learn all of these things and I couldn't say, I'm too dumb to do this. It was my son. I had to do right. it. Right. And not only did I do it and did I learn it, but I was like, this is cool. I like this. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, so everybody was like, you should be a nurse. You should be a nurse and looked into it. And I got into school and I love it. I love being a nurse. It's awesome. That's awesome. That is so cool. And I think it's so neat to see these paths that our children take us on. Like you would never ask for them to be, to have these struggles, but it's cool to see what positives come out of it. Oh yeah. I would have never even thought about (laughs) being a nurse or going to none of that stuff. Right. Unless I had William, like there's no way I would have never even touched. I was like, I ain't touching that with a 10 foot pole. I, you know, I ain't going near that (laughs) science building. No, but I love it. I loved it. And I did well in nursing school. It was great. That's so cool. Uh, what was that like when you first found out that he, his body was not forming typically? So I was at school at Mm BYU-Idaho, so everybody was getting pregnant (laughs) and everything was getting married. (laughs) And I was pregnant with two of my really, really good friends. And I just expected everything to just work out the way it was supposed to. And when we found out about his birth defect, I kind of, I just was very shocked. Yeah. And I just felt like I was like, oh, I'm not like everybody else. And it was very hard to be in that environment mm-hmm. where everybody was having babies, everybody was getting pregnant, everybody was having these baby showers. And I just I was the I was the odd man out, you know? Yeah. It was it was very hard. When I found when we found out that he had a birth defect it was probably one of the hardest times of like hardest moments of my life. Right. And it was hard because they told us he would die. They said he will not live past 30 weeks. Oh so gosh. I expect, and I was 23 weeks along. Hmm. So I was like, Oh my gosh. In like a couple weeks, I, you know, they told me he'd be stillborn. So I was like expecting to deliver a stillborn baby. Wow. And the middle of Rexburg, Idaho, <laughs> I yeah. was like, Oh my God. And I I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of fear and my pregnancy was so happy and so normal and everything was the way it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And then in like 
five minutes when the doctor found the birth defect and told me and or like 15 minutes or whatever mm-hmm. I it was like it like I changed to fear and dread and anxiety and mm-hmm. it was all of the negative feelings it was it was really really hard it was one of the hardest times of my life wow uh so what happened I mean obviously he's he lived can you tell that story yeah so um we were in Rexburg Idaho and we were in like this tiny little like doctor's office, the doctor saw on the ultrasound, his skull just didn't form. He said that he described it as a horseshoe. So if you look at like a horseshoe and it's just a U shape and then the skull didn't complete. Oh wow! And then they saw brain tissue was deformed and everything. And so um, they told me he would pass away and they offered me an abortion. Um, we declined the abortion. It was the way we mm-hmm. felt and what we wanted to do. And Mm-hmm. And, um, what they said, you know, what do you want to do? And the way I coped with it was, I was like, I want to do everything I possibly can to have this baby live. Because mm-hmm. in my head, I was like, if he dies, I can go through that. And I can say, well, we did this and we did this, right. and you know what I mean? There's nothing yes. else that could have been done. I did everything I could have. I did everything I could and it mm-hmm. happened. And so there, it was out of my control. Right. So we saw more specialists. So we were up in mm-hmm. Rexburg and we would travel to Salt Lake at the oh, University man. of Utah. Where Which is four hours. Now. Yeah, I know. Like four, it was hour a four hour drive. drive. <laughs> That's a and I work drive. there now. So it's crazy. Yeah. That is and crazy. we traveled to the University of Utah. We saw the high risk OBs there. Okay. And they, we decided, should we have vaginal birth, C-section? What should we do? What, how should we go about this? Um, and we decided to have a C-section, a planned C-section because of his head. And Really quick, um, did, was, did they tell you there was any chance of him surviving? Or at this point, were they just telling you he will not live 100% guaranteed? 100% guaranteed he will not live. Oh, wow. That's what they okay. were telling us. They okay. were like, there's no way. We had a casket picked out. Wow. We had a burial plot picked out. We had a graveside service arranged. Like, I remember when we drove down to his birth, we packed up like pictures and just to set up things for the grade side service. And we had like, we had a little outfit to bury him in. We had little booties. We're expecting this. Oh, our plan was that he would be born. There's a little window in the C-section room at the University of Utah and they pass the babies through the window into the NICU. And the plan, and they had like, life support on standby. They, they were, they were going to immediately intubate, put him on life support. We were going to spend time with him mm-hmm. and then we were going to take him off life support and be with him until he passed away. Oh, okay. That was the plan. Okay. Okay. Um, and we went to the room, uh, to the hospital and then we, um, you know, had the C-section. We were like the first C-section of the day and the NICU team came in and well, okay we got this on standby this is what's going on you know the social worker came in you know mm, you know it was the whole yeah. big shebang <laughs> my husband's family was there my mom was there and um the doctor came in before the c-section and said I want you to know when your baby's born he's not he's probably not going to cry he's going to be limp and he's going to be blue like she was trying to prepare us right 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 and when he came out um he cried he cried right away wow and they, they immediately, she showed him to me. So he, w- he was like awake enough so that she could show him to me. And then they mm-hmm. passed him through the window. And then um, 
once he was settled, they were going to come and get Ben, my husband. Mm-hmm. And then there, he was going to go back and then, um, you know, we were going to do like a blessing, like a, you know, a ceremonial blessing for our religion and everything. And then, um, mm-hmm. and then he, they took him through the window and we waited and waited and waited and we didn't know what was going on. And, and then they came back and got Ben. And then the nurse said, we're ready for dad. And we're like, okay, here we go. We've been preparing for this. You know, we're all like mm-hmm. ready for this plan that we made. Yeah. And uh, the nurse said, mom, he's breathing on his own. Oh my gosh. And when she said that, I like, like I'm getting choked up right now. Just thinking like I, it just <sighs> overcame me. I just started crying and crying and crying. Mm-hmm. And my husband went there and he did fine. Um, his, he had his birth defect, mm-hmm. but he was breathing on his own Wow. and his heart was fine. His lungs were fine. It was just, he just had this birth defect. And so it was, mm. so that's like how he was born. It was a really emotional, like, it was like, yeah. we're having a baby. It was great. And then it was like, oh, our baby's going to die. And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, our baby's living again. Oh, our baby has to be in the NICU for the, it was just this roller coaster of emotion. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. And so he went to the NICU in primary children? Yeah. Is that where he's he at primary children's NICU. Okay. And um, what were they doing for him there? They were trying to figure out how to fix his head. Oh, okay. Basically. Like, yeah. so he was diagnosed with cutis aplasia. It's this, it's a, if you look it up, it's like a quarter size. It's just the bone in the skin doesn't have develop, but his was like the whole back of his head. Oh, wow. Was, was open. Like his brain was exposed and it yeah. was this miraculous birth defect that nobody's ever seen and so um, neurosurgery and plastic surgery were trying to work together and figure out Mm -hmm. how do we close his head we can't like let him go home right you know so that's what they were trying to figure out and then and then he had other complications along the way like that's when they found out about hydrocephalus and then he started having seizures and so they had to figure out the seizures and you know that kind of thing okay what is hydrocephalus (laughs) Can you define that? Um, the way I learned it in nursing school was water on the brain. Okay. <laughs> like that's like the, that's like, like literally you what diagnose, it is. like in Latin, you know, you translate it, it's water uh-huh. on the brain. You have cerebral spinal fluid in your brain and spinal cord. Okay. Um, and you're, it, it's constantly flowing. Hydrocephalus mm. is where it can't flow basically. And it just builds. So the oh. fluid in, in his head would just build and build and build. What effect does a lot of pressure? Oh, pressure. Okay. What does that, um, what does that look like? Like what, how does that affect him? So here's what's complicated is normal hydrocephalus is, you know, they're really, they have these certain signs that they have hydrocephalus. Mm. His was different because he didn't have skull on the back of his head. (laughs) So it was like the hydrocephalus didn't really have any, it, it, it could expand if that made sense, because he didn't have anything containing it. Oh yeah. Um, when they did fix his head and put skin, which he still doesn't have bone, he just has skin. Okay. Um, still it was able to expand. It would cause pressure because there was something there now. Mm -hmm. Um, he gets really lethargic. Um, and then it puts pressure points on the brain so it can cause like vomiting. It can cause Mm. seizures. It can cause, uh, a lot of different things. Wow. Um, so, but okay. you, the treatment for that is a shunt. So he just basically has a drain in his head. 
and he's oh. had it for three years. Okay. Wow. Um, so how does he, how is his head protected without the skull? You said it's still just skin. Yeah, it's just skin. Okay. And he kind of just does his own thing. Like we were super nervous. Like, I guess to describe life with Will was that mm-hmm. at first it's like, oh my gosh, you can't touch this kid. He can't go anywhere. It's super fragile. Just stay there. Mm-hmm. And then like, as life goes on, he would do little things. Like he would lift up his head and we we're like, whoa. And then he's like, okay, he's fine. And then he would roll and then we're like, oh, and then, or okay, he's fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so he kept doing things. And then there was like one time he fell off the bed and we were like, if he ever falls off the bed, this is an emergency because he doesn't mm-hmm. have skull. Yeah. And he fell off the bed and it was right before one of my finals. Oh. Like my husband called me and was like, um, he fell off the bed. And I went into my final, like, okay, I'll oh be there my after gosh. my finals. And like we rushed him to the emergency room and he was fine. Okay. And it, it was just things like that. And so mm-hmm. we always were like, he needs a helmet. He needs this. He needs that. And then we, he just kind of showed us along the way that he was okay. Yeah. And we just had to learn. Cause like, and the doctors are like, we we're just going to have to see what he does because we've never, this is, this is a case we don't know. Okay. So with that, so you, when we talked about earlier we talked about his like rareness level or like his I don't know his rank of rareness <laughs> so like <laughs> you said he's like the only one in the world with his specific cerebral palsy is that right yeah I guess tech yeah technically it's cerebral palsy mm-hmm. um it's like part of the diet you can like <laughs> put it under the yeah. long list yeah but yeah like he has neuro like brain um abnormalities so he fits mm-hmm. under like cerebral palsy or microcephaly or you know all those like neurodiagnoses right. but like his specific like there was there's no other kid that was born with this birth defect who has the exact like outcomes or you know what i mean like mm-hmm. the exact birth defects the exact mm-hmm. diagnosis all of the things that he has with his defect and everything yeah and I wonder if part of that, like when you were talking about how they told you, like there's he, it's a lethal diagnosis, right? Isn't that the term um, where they didn't expect him to live? I wonder if that's part of it. I wonder if a, a lot of these children that are born with like a more similar form of what he has don't usually live. Have you like, I don't, have you ever thought of that that way? Before? Yeah. And we actually had his neurosurgeon tell us, he said, um, babies with these kind of defects they're miscarriages okay he said usually they're miscarriages he's like for some reason your body just didn't miscarry him Wow. and that always stuck with me yeah because I had a miscarriage later and I was always like maybe I just this sounds so bad but I was like maybe I just make babies this way like you know what I mean like like like, maybe that's really messed up in my head but like like I was like, maybe, you know, but I think if I go down that road, it just gets too stressful, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I do think that though, I think that, I think that sometimes those kids just, maybe they don't make it. I, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm a carrier for what Kimball has and I've had a lot of miscarriages and it is like really chilling to be like Kimball. Like, it's a miracle that I didn't miscarry him. 
you know, like it, it, it really is this thing where it's like, he almost, like, I almost didn't have Kimball in my life. And I'm sure that's how you feel about William. Um, how has William changed your life and changed you as a person? Oh, that is, I, I don't, so many things, <laughs> so many things. Like I was just like, I just, I don't know how to say it. Well, first of all, I am a nurse now and I have a wonderful job that I love mm-hmm. and I don't think I could have ever found that. Yeah. Um, but more than that, I know that like for myself, I just see things. I see the world differently. You know, you, you see the world in a different light. You are grateful for things that are, you wouldn't be grateful for before, if that makes mm, sense. Totally. I know for a big thing for me is like with Will, like, you know, we, you probably know this with the IEPs and they're like, oh, goal is not met. This is Mm -hmm. not met. He's not meeting these standards. Like he's developmentally not meeting these things. Right. And for me, I've always just been grateful that he's there Mm -hmm. and I don't worry about things like that. Does that make sense? Like, I don't worry about, is he rolling? Is he this? And that's, that's gone into other aspects of my life where, you know, you're just, you just kind of go with the flow, I guess, like you just Mm -hmm. kind of take it as it comes and you, you deal with it and you have an open mind and you don't, I feel like I don't get caught up on things as much yeah, or worried about things as much. And life is just happier and I'm more grateful and Mm -hmm. I'm more open about things and so many things I could go on (laughs) (laughs) I think it changes your perspective when you when you fight for them to live and maybe even several times over their lives and you that's just not this guarantee there and then all of a sudden them just being alive is enough they don't need to do these different things that you may have, I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm speaking from my experience, I guess. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but like. No, I like, I agree with that. I, it's mm-hmm. like, I, I, like, I, I, you just don't get caught up. Like they're mm-hmm. not rolling. Like what's wrong. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm just happy that he's vocalizing. I'm just happy that he's here and I'm happy that he's happy. Yeah. And I get that all the time with people like, what can he do? What can he do? Can he do this? Will he ever be able to do this? And my, and I like maybe, and people are maybe let down by my answer because I'm like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. And I'm like, but whatever, we're going to let him run the show. Right. And we'll just let life come and we'll deal with it when it comes. And Mm -hmm it's helped me to not be so focused on the future. So anxious about the future and just focusing on the now focusing on and it's, it's good for my anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) That's like amazing for to hear you say that, like having a child with these special needs helps your anxiety. I love that. Uh, Alyssa, how has this changed how you feel about yourself? Like your view of yourself? You know, that's a really good question. And I don't think anybody's (laughs) ever asked me that. 
Um, We're getting personal. <laughs> yeah, no, let's do it. <laughs> um, I, I like when you said that, like my mind immediately went to one thing and then went to like the complete opposite. Like I think of myself as a strong woman, like mm-hmm. a vi- like me, myself, like, right. I'm like, look at who I am. Like I'm strong. I'm mm-hmm. independent. I can do anything. But then the other side of me, I, I kind of go back to that young woman sitting in the doctor's office being told that her son has a birth defect and thinking what's wrong with me is there something wrong with my body is there something wrong with me um and the more that I see William and the more that I see how he is and who he is and who he's becoming that little young woman that was told that in the doctor's office kind of starts fading away and she comes up a little bit but she kind of fades away and I get more mm. of the look at what I can do like look yeah. at what I've become and I'm really like happy with who I am and I'm comfortable with who I am and I've noticed that I'm not so worried about what people think about me yeah um but I I was before right you know like when we first took William out in public like that was hard you know mm. but I think I'm more confident in myself and I'm more like unapologetically myself, I guess. Yeah. That's awesome. I relate with a lot of that stuff. I think, I don't know. I think it kind of gives you this like mentality of like, I can do anything, like bring it on, (laughs) which I always like Justin, my husband's always like, don't say that Mads. But I'm like, really? Like, you know, the, when you've gone through really hard things, it's like, I've got, I got through that. Like I made up tough stuff. (laughs) Like you think, what's the worst thing that could happen if Mm -hmm. I lose my kid? Well, I was there. Right. And look at, look at, look, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I I was there or I've been there Mm -hmm. and we've been preparing because we don't know how long he has with us. And you know what I mean? And you kind of think like, what's the, like my mom would say to me all the time, when I get like upset about work or something and she goes, this is not the hardest thing you've Mm. been through. And I'm like, and I feel that way. I'm like, this is not like, if I can get through what I went through, like so scared my, I was, my son was going to die and then he didn't. And then, you know, this roller coaster of emotions. If I can get through that, I feel like I can go through anything. And I just, I just, have that confidence it's bad I probably shouldn't say that <laughs> I know it, it feels like you're like knock on wood <laughs> I but love still that. I feel like I I can do it and it'll be okay everything will be okay yeah I love that one last question and then we'll wrap it up how has this affected your marriage the so, relationship. <laughs> I think it's gotten us so much stronger. Mm. And I I came from I was raised by a single mom. My mom my dad left when I was in high school. Mm. And I was like I kind of grew up with this when it gets hard the guys leave. Mm. And when I had William, Ben was there. And not only was he there, but he has been so invested in William and he Mm. loves William. And he, he's just the best 
special needs dad. I'm sure you feel that way about your husband too, but I'm sorry. <laughs> ben is the best special needs dad. It's amazing. He, like he makes like William can't see, right? He can't see. And so he kind of can see light and you'll, you know, we make it dark so he can see better. And, and Ben will make like a fort in the living room to block out the light. And he'll sit with William and he'll like try to help him see the light, uh, you know? And I just think I'm like, I, I just, he's just so amazing. And he, and he said that to, about me too. And I think mm. we've seen how amazing each other are yeah. and we've just, we've been there. We've been through it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was never alone in the NICU crying. I was never, I ne- I had him to go through it and we depended on each other a lot. And yeah. our marriage is a lot better now. That's amazing. Um, then it, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't even bad to begin with. Right. Just, it just got, it just got so much better. I'm so in yeah. love with him because he is just an amazing, amazing man and an amazing father. That's and so... I just see how great he is. It's great to see someone go through something hard and see what they're really made of. And I know sometimes that ends really badly. And that's what, like asking you that question. I knew that your marriage is great and that's why I asked you otherwise I wouldn't have because I saw on your Instagram your post about your marriage with him and how it's transformed uh and I really it, it really does make or break you like something this hard um and it I don't know I I think that you and because I agree with you and I've also had a really good experience with my marriage um since having Kimball and I think it's something I don't take for granted because I know that a lot of marriages fall apart um, when this when something this hard happens and um I don't really want to end it on that note exactly. Well, you know but... what though? <laughs> you know what though? I I know marriages that did not end well with having a special needs child, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, that woman <laughs> yeah. is the strongest woman. Like a single mom taking care of a special needs child, like she is a boss woman. And I'm like, like, I think I look at my mom and my mom is the most powerful and strong woman I know. Like she is amazing and I love her and she is just, she's a rock Mm -hmm. and you know, and it goes back to how you think about yourself when you go through this, you're like, I can go through anything. Mm -hmm. I can do this because you know, it's all about you like even though you're married and you have a marriage and you love your partner yes it's still like you gotta love yourself right yeah yeah I love me and I know me and I know my beliefs and my values and I know who I am Mm -hmm. and man single moms I mean, no, there's probably single dads out there you guys are great too but all I've I've only experienced (laughs) single moms and oh man they are the strongest women strongest women Amen to that. We're going to one last question. I'll edit my edit out myself saying one last question like three times. One last question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end it on. Are there any I last thoughts about, about William? It. Yeah, like last like like your just, I don't know those those deep emotions about William and how much you love him. I just he <laughs> doesn't talk. He does not talk. He does not walk. He doesn't count. He doesn't tell me what he's thinking but oh my gosh I love him 
I love him and I love spending time with him and I lo- and I have so much fun with him and I you, you think like from a kid that can't speak and a kid that can't do these things that all the other kids do but you have just this have this deep relationship with him where you know I have this thing because he can't speak to me and sometimes I get worried about him because we're moms let's be real <laughs> and he and I just look at him and I'm like just just are you okay like just tell me you're okay just tell mm. me and I can't describe it it's not he, he doesn't smile he doesn't it's just this like look that he gives me and he can't say but he like looks at me and I just get this overwhelming like feeling or connection from him it's just like mom it's okay. I'm fine. And it's, it's just this, it's, it's, it's hard to explain Mm -hmm. how deep of a connection I feel with William. And I didn't breastfeed him. I didn't hold him all the time. And I didn't have the birth plan. And I didn't have Mm -hmm. the, you know, he doesn't talk and we don't do the coloring and we don't do the regular mom things that everybody does. But I still feel connected to him and I still feel bonded with him. And he is my lovey and I love him and he's the bubs and I just I have this deep connection with him and we communicate together and it's just I just love him he's my baby Alyssa I love that that's amazing you are amazing and William is amazing I love how you summed that up well thank you we're all (laughs) everyone's amazing Well, thank you so much for opening your heart to us and sharing your experience with William and your experience of being his mom. Alyssa can be found on Instagram at alyssa.readhead. Photos of Alyssa and her amazing family are on the website, therarelifepodcast.com under episode two. So if you're interested in putting a face to the story, head there. Be sure to listen to Alyssa's special topic coming out next week as she shares her take on quality of life. I learned so much from that conversation. Do not miss it. See you then.